Have you ever considered research-based advocacy as a parent? Have you ever even heard of that? I can't wait to share with you how bringing together research and the perspective of a parent can truly make a difference. Welcome to the Special Education Inner Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Witcher, and I have with me today, Jenny Crawford, who's going to share with us, first and foremost, how did she get to an IEP table and what is she doing now? Jenny, welcome to the Inner Circle. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Catherine. I really appreciate being here. Hello to everybody that's listening. Um, I have kind of a, a little bit of a different story. So, well, my son has autism. He's 10 years old. Um, he's been in a private school since he was little. We opted for private school so that he would have um, a little bit more interaction with teachers and more focus on him and his development in a smaller class size. Um, and so we really saw that he was struggling at first. And so we reached out to a child psychologist um, to get some help um, and to help him with some of the things that he was doing in school and and some of the things that he was thinking and overreacting and and a number of different things. And um, he implemented a lot of strategies for us to use for our son. And so we actually approached the school. He hadn't had an IEP at that point. Um, And we approached the school to see if we could put together an IEP Um, as well as to implement some of the strategies that this amazing psychologist had to offer um, our son. And so we got to the IEP table. We have all these teachers around. We have um, the principal there. It's an amazing school. Um, And we just started proposing the things from from the psychologist himself and other things that we were learning were working with um, our son at home. Um, And they were totally on board for implementing everything. They had ideas themselves of different things that could help our son. And it was just such a beautiful process. I know that's not always the case in every IEP meeting, um, but we just have an incredibly supportive school that was willing to really do anything that we asked and offer additional supports. Um, and then from there, they actually educated all the teachers that um, dealt with Joseph in any small capacity to, to follow that plan and and to help him with his progression. So it was a really good experience for us. Um, And that experience kind of just propelled us to um, now in homeschooling, uh, learning uh, about the different IEP um, solutions that a lot of people gave us, we implement even to our homeschooling adventure that we're on now. So that's just a little bit of a background. Yeah, there's always layers to a story, right? And what I want everybody to hear is that There's hope that there are schools and teams out there that want to be all in. In fact, from my experience, most of the time, it's the people that that always want all in. You know, the teams want all in. The system doesn't always allow that. And sometimes there's ways to get around the system, whether that's working with a private school or that's working within um, your, your district to get additional training. There's always different ways to do things. To get things done, we have to be really smart about how we approach the situations. And it's a very emotional thing that that we're doing, whether it's a parent, teacher, admin, therapist, and we're working uh, for a child, right? We're working to put them first. And that can get really emotional because we get really passionate about what we think is right and how things can be done. And what I'm excited to share with everybody is 
what you're creating. So you and I met because I believe that you reached out to me on Instagram or such and said, Hey, would you be willing to go Instagram live? Um, I'm doing this thing. And then would you uh, write an article because, you know, this is where we're going. So can you just explain what is this that you're doing? Um, and, and who, who is the audience? Meaning like if people are listening, they're going to be like, yes, I need some of that. So, um, just jump in, share. Sure. So I am the executive director for Autism Advocate Parenting Magazine. We are a recently launched magazine that is science and research based, um, where we basically access the best experts in the field of autism on a variety of different topics from all over the world. So our audience includes parents uh, with a child on the spectrum, grandparents, caregivers, as well as professionals that want to learn um, and be up to date with current information um, in the field of autism. Um, so we've worked on this for quite a while. Like I said, we just recently launched and it really came about by a number of parent advocates really wanting to get access to better information. Obviously, we, we have Facebook, we've got all these, you know, parent support groups. And when you post a question on there, you get so many different answers. It is very much an emotional response as it is for me. I have a child on the spectrum, uh, but we wanted access to research, to science, to the best experts that see, you know, 3000 autistic children a year and have been able to make great strides in the field of autism and what they had to say that could benefit our family. Um, we are all of our families. And so we thought, you know, instead of traveling all over the world, picking all of these, you know, experts brains, it would probably be best that we put it in a magazine format, that'd probably be the easiest and then to help get that information out to professionals as well as parents and caregivers, um, so they, they can impact their journey. Um, and get some assistance for their child. And we cover like every topic possible. And that's what I love. So, you know, you mentioned you're a research and science-based advocacy magazine. And that is like, those words don't go together <laughs> in our disability <laughs> world a lot. This whole concept yeah. of like research and science and advocacy. And then here's me as an educator, right? Like you invited me to come into this realm of, research and science. And, and I love it. I'm a, I'm a geek when it comes to special education. I want to know all the things I want to know all the best practices. And I love to share all of that and to help as many families as possible. So to see what you're working on when it comes to research and science and those kind of things, can you give um, some strategies for parents who are feeling overwhelmed. I'm sure that as a parent, you have felt that many times. Um, and somehow you came to this conclusion that you need this research and science-based information. You did mention the whole Facebook group thing, you know, there's the Instagram thing, there's the, um, you know, the special needs PTA that's at school, that's, you know, having coffee and donuts and coming up with what seems like sometimes like almost like an, a plan based in anger to go get <laughs> things. Like, how do you, how do you work through that as a parent and where do you start that research? Mm -hmm. So I think just to give kind of a little bit of a background, when my son was young, I was extremely overwhelmed and any parent that has a new diagnosis, even, you know, seasoned parents get overwhelmed with what is the best avenue for their child. And so I found myself, I had quit my job. I used to be an HR director and I just made it my job to stay at home with my son. And in the evenings I would spend all my time researching 
Googling down the Google rabbit hole and I was just so overwhelmed and I was so burnt out and I just wish there was a resource that was research and science based so that I know, you know, enough children have gone through this and they've seen gains um, in different therapies that I could just grab and start implementing with my son. And so obviously I worked a lot with my son. It wasn't until he was older that we would, were able to take on a project like this. Um, but for a parent that is new, that is, you know, struggling or a seasoned parent where it's just completely overwhelming. Um, I give the advice that Dr. Tom O'Brien, one of our experts that um, wrote for the magazine, he said, you know, if you just take one hour a week to learn about a different area of autism, before you know it, you'll become an expert in many areas of autism. And that really is the goal of our magazine is so that readers, you know, professionals, as well as caregivers and parents can just take that magazine, sit down, you know, once a week, read several of the articles, see what fits with your family, with your journey, you know, you have your own intuition, you know, your child, the best as a parent, um, and then implement the things that resonate with you. You know, it's not meant to, you know, implement all the things that you learn in the magazine, but to pick and choose what's best for your journey. And I will add that in the magazine, it's very action oriented. I am an action person. I want to take information and not just learn about it. I want to apply what resonates with me. And so everyone that has written for the magazine writes in an actionable way. Um, and even though it's a science and research-based magazine, as much as that may scare you a bit, uh, we have an incredible graphic design team that breaks down anything that is complicated um, into um, graphics to help you understand the information better. Um, so I think that's really helpful for parents. And like I said, we cover everything. So when your child is first diagnosed, oftentimes you're just introduced to occupational therapy, speech therapy, ABA. Um, and while that's great and those things are, you know, wonderful, there's so much more available for autistic children out there that you might not be aware of um, and from incredible experts from many countries all over the world. So I love that too. You're talking many countries and I purposely did not ask you where you're located because a lot of times people will tune out. They're like, okay, this has nothing to do with me. But now yeah. that you brought it up, let's go ahead and say it. Where are you currently located at, Jenny? I'm in Ontario, Canada, but all of our parent advocates on our parent advocate advisory board, they are from all over. So we've got the United States, we've got Australia, we've got the Philippines, uh, we've got the UK, like you name it. All of our parent advocates that kind of steer and guide the magazine are from all over, as well as all of our authors are from lots of different countries around the world. I love that so much because it's um, it's overwhelming to have all this information, but then on the other hand, we're also often limited to our own community and our own, um, kind of pools of information that we're used to going to. So to see something different that other people are doing, that can be a great change in perspective of what you might want to try. Now let's talk about, um, this concept that happens a lot in our disability community for parents. They find out something new. They are so excited. They're, I mean, you can picture it like mom sitting with her coffee cup, um, kids at school. So the coffee's actually warm. Okay. Like she's drinking that warm cup of coffee and she's got the magazine and she's like, I'm going to spend my one hour doing this. She's all hyped up. Her spouse comes home and he's just like, yeah, sounds great. I'm in for it. I'll try anything. Then she goes over and tells her best friend and her best friend's like, yes. And then she goes, tells the other autism mamas what she's going to do. 
And all of a sudden it's like hope deflated, or did you know, or somebody tried that and it didn't work. And there's almost this, this doubt that happens a lot, or there's a lot of pushback from somebody who wouldn't choose the same as you. I'm sure you as a parent, you have chosen things for your son that maybe other parents wouldn't have chose for their child with that. How do you, as a parent, um, really get through that. And, and, you know, we're not, I'm not looking for some huge, you know, uh, uh, but I, I want the parents who feel that defeat and not the support in the community who are doing this research to understand what are some things that they can do to keep moving forward. Um, so I think it's really important that first and foremost, that you recognize that you are the parent of your child. And while we all have you know, some of you that are listening have autistic children, um, everybody's journey is going to look different. And I'll give you an example of that. I had somebody write into the magazine the other day um, and say, you know what, I've tried ABA for the last 20 years of my life with my son, and I have not seen one difference. Um, and my heart just kind of fell at that point because, and I'm not for or against ABA, but I just felt, you know, there's so many different avenues out there for your child. And for just like the spectrum is a range, so is your child and what's going to work for them. So I think as a parent, you need to be confident in yourself and your own decisions first. I think, of course, research and science base is always preferable, as well as seeing other parents, you know, experiences. I think there's value to hearing other parents and, and if they've gone through it before, but one person's experience is not going to be the same as the other. And you can see that very clearly in any Facebook group. When any topic is posted, you will have the, you know, the promoters of that therapy and you will have the naysayers of that therapy. So I think just recognizing that you are the parent, you know, you're going to be the one making the decision. And it's not the end of the world if you start a therapy and it's not working for you and you move on to something else. Um, so I think the biggest thing is to just make sure that you're putting in the work as a parent now deciding the things that you want to do with your child, but then evaluating those things, if they're working or not working, giving it a good amount of time, and then moving on to other things that can help your child. Sometimes it's going to be trial and error, and that's completely normal. And I would say that's normal with raising a neurotypical child and what works for those children too. I look at my girls and I use like different ways of parenting them than I do, you know, my autistic son and each um, individual child a little bit differently. So just trust in yourself, trust your gut, of course, hear other people's experiences. Um, but don't let that deter you for something that you were excited to move forward with. I love that. What if, um, you had a room full of teachers in front of you right now, and they were like, hungry teachers. Like they're just like, yes, like I'm all in They're within their first couple of years of teaching and they're ready to learn from you everything that they can because they want to serve their students well, and they want to understand parents. What are a few pieces of, of advice that you would give to teachers who are going to be working with a variety of different parents with a variety of different perspectives. And that's one of the things here at the special education inner circle we're one of the only places that, that train parents, teachers, admins, therapists, because if we're going to work together, we need to train together. We need to get on the same page to do that. And that's hard for teachers who may not have that parenting perspective. I was not, a, I wasn't a parent of any child when I became a teacher and, oh, I was clueless on some things. Now that I am a parent, I'm thinking, oh man, I wish I would have known that when I was a teacher way back in the day. Um, so what would you tell a room full of teachers who are going to be working with parents? 
parents who are educated, they're doing their research, they're wanting the best for their child. How do they help build that relationship with parents? Um, I think they need to come with an approach that is collaborative, um, both on both ends, both the parents and the teachers to explore all of the options. And then I think it's kind of on you as a parent to produce the materials of the things that you're wanting the teachers to implement with your child. Um, at least that's what I did at my IEP meeting. I brought the information from the psychologist that we wanted implemented. Um, and what's great about the magazine too, is if there's research articles associated with the things that you want um, those teachers to implement, print them, bring them, bring the backed science research, and then parent, and then teachers, you know, take a look and evaluate this stuff. Obviously, it's really important to the parent. Um, so I think it's important to acknowledge it um, and to look into it and to research. I, I've only had good experiences with this school, so I can't really say if, if there's another way, um, but I do understand a lot of people um, a lot of parents and teachers sometimes clash when it comes to the support. And, and that's where, to be honest, I look to you, Catherine, and your article that you just recently wrote that just came across my desk, um, where to get that advice for how you can work more collaborative and, and to have teachers um, understand the parent perspective. Well, I'm excited to be a part of, you know, the resources uh, available in the magazine and, and to bring some of those collaborative strategies. I think what's really great for you as a parent to share, you know, you do have this great experience. And a lot of times we're learning how to build relationships, relationships from people who have had broken relationships and then repair. We honestly don't talk enough about this, like it. Sometimes it just works. And these are the things that I'm doing that are continuing to help it work. It doesn't always have to come from a place of huge struggle to, mm -hmm. to help others realize like, well, this is just what I'm doing. Cause what seems simple to you is like, oh, like, well, I didn't think about it. Now there's gonna be some parents that are just like, yeah, well, I printed out the 16 articles that I read and I told the teacher what was best for my child. <laughs> That's not what she's saying. Okay. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> but if you have a priority for your child and mm -hmm. you're like, okay, I read this, I'm going to try this. I would like to be on the same page as you, you know, how can we make this work and move that forward? It's absolutely possible. But again, I love Jenny, how you brought together that you're like, bring the article or bring the data that it's not just emotional of like, I want my child to say more words. Yes, I know you want that. Okay, now let's talk about some different ways to get there. Let's talk about some different science or research or strategies or or um, just methodologies, some best practices that might get there. And um, I think also that you can start to do these things in the home, see if there's any progress. And then when you come with that article to you know the teacher or the committee um, to express what you've done at home and the gains and the changes that you've seen um, and how you'd like to potentially implement that into the school system as well, or the IEP plan specifically for your child. Yes. I, I love the, the, just bringing it all together, not necessarily all at once. Everything doesn't have to happen. Like just gung ho, like, let's just do it all in all places, all, all the way. Um, yeah. That's a lot of times. I mean, I know I get like that with my, you know, kids. I was like, okay, this is the plan. And then sometimes the plan just doesn't work. So it would have been easier if I would have kind of eased into the plan than going all into it. So um, just having that strategy of bringing that research and taking it step by step and 
you know, believing that we all are working towards the same thing. Sometimes we just have different ways that we want to work towards it and, yeah. and that's okay. Um, okay. So let's give one final word of encouragement to the parents who are listening again, who are overwhelmed to this is going to be summertime. We're going into summer when this is originally going to be, um, going up here. So we're going into summer. What words of encouragement would you like to give to parents who, um, are going into the fall and they're worried about all the skills that were not worked on over the past, you know, year and a half due to shutdowns. What word of encouragement do you have for them? Uh, well, first, I think as a parent, you need to give yourself grace. Um, I think, you know, we're not perfect. We're going through a, a different time of the world right now with COVID and all of the shutdowns. And, and so you have to be able to realize that you're not going to make necessarily as much gains. Um, and that's okay because there's still time to work on things with your child. Um, I also think it's important that as a parent, you fill yourself up so that you can give the time and attention to your child that they need. Um, so aside from them getting the help you know, in the school system, our magazine very much advocates for being very much involved in your child's life as much in the home. Um, and so I would say, even though my son, my home, son's homeschooled now, even though he was going to school, we would do a lot of work with him um, out of school as well. Um, because I think that's where you're going to see a lot of significant gains is through an active and engaged parent. Um, but like I said, just give yourself some time, just realize that, you know, as much as you might not see the gains right now, there's still things being worked on in your child's, you know, mind and, and they're developing skills that you may see um, realized months down the road, but um, it's from all the work that you've done previously. And you just might not see it right away, but it will come. I love that so much. Um, I actually had just put a post up on Instagram where I was talking about every time you give your child the experience of a new taste, a new sight, a new smell, a new touch, you're helping their brain develop. You're helping them grow. You can't measure that. You just have to, you just have to know that being involved in things like trying a new food, like we're not talking about being involved in these, you know, this uh, new thing of like, let's take a new adventure across the country and expose yeah. them to, you know, plane trains and air travel. No, we're talking about like a new food, a new flower, a new walking path a new something um, that, that can be helpful. So Jenny, I'm going to make sure that everybody has the links so they can access the magazine um, and, and to all of the resources that you have. So wherever you are, if you're listening to this um, on one of the podcast platforms, make sure you go to the show notes. If you're on YouTube, it'll be right there. Facebook, Instagram, it's going to be everywhere. So just look for the links above or below uh, to where you are listening or watching to this. And I just want to thank you so much for developing a resource for our disability community that is um, extremely com comprehensive and um, based in a, in a true foundation of research and science. Uh, well, thank you. And thank you so much for having me on, Catherine. Bye, everyone. We'll talk to you next time.